Thanks for tuning in to another episode of From Funding to Fame, where we interview the founders and funders currently raising capital on FrontFunder, as well as experts in the private capital markets. I'm your host, Trieste Redding, the head of campaigns at FrontFunder, and I'm excited to introduce more Canadians to equity crowdfunding. This podcast episode features conversations about a business's current operations and future plans, and as a result, may contain forward-looking information. There can be no assurance that forward-looking information will prove to be accurate, as actual results and future events could differ materially from those anticipated in such statements. Listeners should not place undue reliance on forward-looking information. Today, we're going to be speaking with the COO and co-founder of Renovation Find, Vivian Riley. RenovationFind.com is a research-based platform that utilizes a data-driven model to vet and certify renovators so homeowners avoid scams and bad renovation experiences. This allows RenovationFind to provide their certified contractors with the most powerful marketing tool, trust. Since 2014, RenovationFind has been bringing trust and transparency to the home renovation industry. Here are some highlights. Among the top 4% of SaaS software as a service company to reach the $1 million mark in annual recurring revenue, Renovation Find has over 450 paying contractors and a database of over 200,000 homeowners. They've achieved an average of 20 to 40% year-over-year growth, complemented by strong growth across all metrics between 2021 and 2022. Called a power couple by Daily Hive, co-founders Vivian and Keith Riley have over 15 years of experience in the renovation industry, and they're ready to revolutionize the home improvement industry, which is a $60 billion market opportunity in Canada alone, with over 68% of homeowners intending to hire a licensed contractor. Hi, Vivian. Thanks so so much for joining us on the podcast today. How are you doing? I am good. Yourself? Yeah, I'm doing really well, thanks. It's a beautiful day here out on the West Coast, so uh, really looking forward to that springtime weather. Yep, likewise. I yeah, our snow is melting here in Edmonton. So when the sun's out, and when the sun's out, I get extra happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to hear. Well, you're a, a certified professional accountant and a certified management accountant with such a strong background in finance. Did you always know that entrepreneurship was a path you wanted to take? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be really honest. No. Um, it was just something I kind of fell into. I have to say my dad was a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit type of person, um, but it wasn't one I would say I want to pursue, but I always admire entrepreneurs for the tenacity and their risk-taking. I, you know, as an accountant by nature, I think we're also trained and just naturally part of our character to be more risk-averse than risk-takers. So I always admire entrepreneurs being more risk-takers. but I have to say I fell into it because my life partner and business partner, Keith Riley, who's the co-founder also of Renovation Fine, he's always been a bit of an entrepreneur. So fell into it. And I think that's what makes us a good balance is I'm more of a risk averse. He's more of a risk taker. So together we balance each other up. You guys definitely make a great team. I know you've been called a power couple from Daily Hive. What is it like running a business and a family with your partner? Uh, you know what? It actually, it's a very interesting journey. It's a fun journey. Let me actually just rephrase that. It is a very fun journey, but it definitely has its ups and downs. I would say it's hard to turn it on and off at home, right? Because we're always talking about business. Uh, but one thing about Keith and I that are really good is we actually can, uh, we know how to separate the professional part and the personal part. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, it's hard to turn it on and off at home. But the bright side of that is that our two kids, 
Our two boys that we have, I think are going to be quite business savvy just because we talk a lot about business stuff at home. So pros and cons. <laughs> That's great. Do you think you have some potential uh, future entrepreneurs at home as well with them, you know, running their own businesses in the future? I do. I actually think I do. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Now, uh, a number that really stood out to me on your, your campaign page is that 84% of surveyed homeowners have felt ripped off or know someone who has been ripped off by illegitimate contractors. And honestly, I've, I've been there myself. Um, so how did you discover that there was such a big problem in the industry and come up with, you know, the idea on how to address it? Yeah, so I would say prior to founding Renovation Fine, um, Keith, he actually founded and operated a granite countertop business. So at that time, he met so many homeowners who were ripped off or unqualified contractors that did the work that was just crap. Because as a granite, as you go in to do granite, usually the countertops, you're kind of the last contractor to go in to put the countertop on. So the contractor before you may have not leveled something correctly, and then it just kind of takes the job out of whack. Um, and at that time, I think, you know, he just met a lot of homeowners that were ripped off. And also on the flip side, a lot of, you know, just knowing a lot of contractors that were not qualified and then also them competing against these kind of fly-by-nighters, as you would call it, um, you know, to jobs and then homeowners calling them back and saying, I need you to come and fix this. We, this contractor we hired that we didn't go with you before, did a crap job or whatever the case may be. So really he kind of took a step back and said, there's gotta be a better way to do this because at that time, online reviews are you know, are popular and it's, they still are, but it has its flaws with fake reviews and all that stuff, unfortunately. And even companies can actually buy positive reviews. You can get a company to do it for you. So basically he, you know, for Keith, it was more like a better way has got to be more objective and less biased as possible. And so that's how the idea of renovationfind.com was born, kind of a research-based platform that's driven by data when we're actually certifying contractors to be listed on our site. Nice to see how you guys kind of saw the the full cycle of the industry there with, you know, the homeowners obviously feeling ripped off, but also those contractors who are fly-by-nighters can generally come in at the lower cost for the job. The homeowner might think it's a great opportunity, and at the end of the day, it's it's not. I know I worked in the, the remediation and demolition industry for about seven years, and one of the big things that we saw was not only the, the fly-by-night contractors who would do the jobs, but they would also take things like asbestos containing drywall and dump it on the street rather than even have disposed of it properly. So it created this big environmental hazard off a lot of these contractors as well. So it's nice to see how you guys uh, really, you know, came to conclude there was such a big issue and then, uh, you know, look to solve it in the way that you have, which is very unique. So um, I know your, your platform is unique in its seven certification criteria to assess and monitor a contractor's legitimacy, credibility, and protect their financial viability. It's among one of the most comprehensive certification processes on the market. Um, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about kind of what those seven criteria are and how does this vetting and monitoring system set you apart in the market? So the seven criteria that um, that we have are credit background checks, which helps assess the financial viability of the company, legal background checks, basically to see if they're suing somebody, if they're being sued. And in combination with that credit check, again, you get to see the financial viability of the company. Um, also making sure they have a valid business license, um, business insurance, uh, any you know WCB or WSIB, depending on the province that they're in in Canada. 
Um, and then any customer complaints. So we do our research kind of, you know, just to see where they're at, the online reputation, right, is that. Um, and then also their BBB uh, profile as well. Um, what sets us really apart, you know, and being comprehensive in our criteria is that it's our real-time monitoring. Um, it's not just a one-time vetting. It's actually the real-time monitoring that we do where the data is actually fed into our database. So we know when a contractor is getting sued or being sued, um, whether, you know, there's a change to their ability to, to um, manage their, their financial commitments and, you know, whether they're at risk of closing the doors and ensuring that they're just properly licensed because unfortunately it's, um, it's not a very regulated industry in the, within the home improvement sector. Um, so I think some of these things are just required and it's good for the homeowners to know. Yeah, you definitely bring so much transparency to the process, which, you know, previously it's a bit of a, a black box as to who you're going to be getting to do the work. So it's great to see that. And with the home improvement industry as a whole in Canada, that's a, a 60 billion market opportunity. And through the pandemics, we saw home renovations really greatly increase as people were spending so much more time at home. So being a dual-sided marketplace with contractors and homeowners, can you tell us a little bit more about what the market opportunity is for a solution like this? Yeah, it's it's obviously really great because it is a big, big market. Um, but for us, you know, we, based on our data and what we kind of projected, if we were to just capture, let's just say one to 10% of the serviceable market here, just in Canada alone, and for both the homeowner's side of the business and the contractor side of the business, really our opportunity is between 545 million to 5.45 billion. Huge market opportunity there for sure. There's a, a lot of consumer trends driving that growth in the market as well. And as that dual-sided marketplace, you have a, a MarTech marketing technology solution for contractors and a PropTech property technology solution for homeowners. Um, but you're currently not charging homeowners. So can you tell us a little bit more about the business model for contractors and how you plan to scale? Sure. So the business model for the contractors is we have a variety of services and software to help contractors build their business. Okay. So our software and our three different packages help contractors with the many challenges that they face and also at the different stages of their business that they're at. So for example, if a contractor just wants leads, a lot of the times that will be like a new a new business that's just starting up, they need leads and business. We have a solution for that. Our lead booster software is designed to help them get predictable and trackable leads. So trackable leads, meaning we can actually source and tell you where it's coming from and help optimize it as obviously it progresses, right? Your business. Um, or if they don't need leads, which oddly enough, some don't because they're way too busy, um, we have a solution for that as well. So our reputation management software can help them get more online reviews, more referral business that they can tap into their, their existing customer database to get more referrals. And then we also can help them increase, you know, their, their customer experience with a feedback booster. Okay. Now regarding scaling the business, I feel that there are two things that are required when it comes to scaling a business. Uh, number one, scaling revenues. And then number two, it's scaling customers. So number one, scaling revenues. So in our case, last year, our revenue from each contractor was about $3,000 a year, okay? Now we have about 500 customers now. So one of the ways we approached scaling revenue was adding new services and launching actually our new our software. And with this, our revenue from each contractor now can range between $3,000 to $50,000 a year, okay? Now with the launch of our new services and the software, 
We can 10 times our revenue from a 1.5 million to 15 million in annualized recurring revenue by just tapping into our existing customer base by upgrading them without actually needing to get new customers, okay? So that's scaling revenue. Number two, scaling the scaling customers. So we built a sales and customer success team with, um, you know, to handle our 500 contractors that we currently have. Uh, so I think it's about implementing and streamlining processes to increase efficiency and building a team to effectively handle and serve a growing customer base, right, as we continue to grow. We have a proven process to acquire and retain customers. And of course, we are not stagnant. We're always working on improving that process. I think it's good to note, too, is that a lot of people think scaling is just about putting money in digital marketing and getting leads, digital marketing and getting leads. I think it's really important to not discount the building a team to be able to successfully support that growth in your customer base. Some things, some things just cannot replace the human component of growth. Absolutely. It sounds like you're taking a real mindful approach to, to how you grow the business, which is great because to your point, um, it's not worth spending all that money getting all the customers if you can't service them properly to the level that they need to be. So in scaling revenue and, and scaling customers, um, what's kind of your, your current sales and marketing strategy for driving that growth with new contractors and, and homeowners even to the platform? Yeah, I think, you know, to just keep the answer simple, I would just say we definitely use a combination of outbound and inbound marketing strategies that we've tested, you know, over the years and, you know, that has worked. And obviously we will continue to refine it and, and to improve on it. Um, I think it's very important to say there are, there are traditional marketing that still works and there are more digital, new digital market, uh, marketing strategies that also work. And I think it's good to always look at those two options. Absolutely. I know we were touching on earlier as well. Trade show season is is underway and it's wrapping up soon. So how do trade shows really fit into the, the plan for renovation find as well? Um, I think it's a good brand side of things. And because we're a dual sided market, not a marketplace, but dual sided business where we have homeowners and contractors, the trade shows are just a perfect kind of um, strategy for us because of the homeowners that attend there. We get our name out there. Um, we have really good feedback from homeowners when we talk to them about who we are, what we do. Um, and many of them would be like, where were you? Like, you know, however many when I was doing my kitchen renovation and had a nightmare of an experience. Um, and then contractors, the exhibitors that are there have a chance to meet our team. Um, you know, in the industry, I would say there are still... Uh, I would say we're still a little bit behind when it comes to the technology side of things and being comfortable with doing everything online um, in the construction industry or home improvement industry. So it's nice for the contractors to be able to personally meet our team as well at the home shows. Absolutely. One of the things that uh, really makes you guys unique in the market is that reputational management software. Your campaign page notes that you know, 90% of consumers nowadays are reading online reviews and trusting them as much as personal recommendations. And over a third of online reviews are fake. So it seems critical for contractors to really prioritize reputation management. I know from my experience kind of in that uh, remediation services and demolition industry, it's not something that was top of mind for a lot of businesses back at that time. Definitely it was an industry slow to adopt technology and really manage that online presence. So 
with all of that in mind, um, can you tell us a little bit more about how you offer that all-in-one solution in addition to, to getting these contractors qualified leads? Yeah, so we have a simple but very powerful toolkit all-in-one dashboard. Okay, so like I said, if a company wants more leads, we got the lead booster. If they want to grow the reputation, their online reputation, we got the review booster, uh, you know, to help them get more reviews. Um, oddly enough, I would say some people don't ask enough of it. So the tool that we have helps referral as well, just tapping into your customer database, uh, boosting the customer experience to get, you know, a feedback booster, get knowing what, you know, how your customers feel after the job. And what we really did was making sure that it's simple and it's easy and um, it's all accessible in one dashboard. They basically log in and they can see it all. It's all transparent. They can see the report. They can see, they can use the software, send it from there and all that. So really for us, it was just ensuring that it was easy and simple for them um, because many contractors are not just owners, uh, but they're also operators of their own business. True. A lot of a lot of people in the industry are wearing, you know, many hats, uh, owning and operating the business. Um, I'm sure, through your your own experience as well, you know how much work is involved in, you know, running the company, leading the company, working in it day in and day out. So, bringing it back a little bit to to you as a, a leader, before founding Renovation Find, you worked as a financial analyst and a specialist at various companies like Stantec, CBC Radio, uh, Orman Information Systems. So as a leader with such great experience and background, how do you inspire your team and where do big ideas come from? Inspiring a team is always very difficult because uh, when you're dealing with, with people, it's, it's, you're, it's a moving target, right? It's always different. It's very dynamic. Um, but I think for me, the approach I like to, to take on that is developing relationships with each of the team members. And I think really trying to find out what is it that motivates them individually, because then you can figure out different strategies to help inspire them. Um, it's one thing to give them a goal to achieve as a team, but I think if they don't individually feel that they can be motivated and inspired to do it, I think it's hard to achieve that one common goal as a team. Um, so I think that's always important. Um, and a lot of the times, you know, the a lot of our ideas come from, um, you know, in that, sorry, developing the relationships and stuff like that with the team helps build the openness of them telling us what's not working, what's working. And we also try to do that with our customers as well, is to be able to have that open two-way dialogue and say, hey, let's be honest, like what is not working? We can totally handle what your feedback is because that's the only way that as a company we can ever get better. I love that. It's so important to have that uh, open-mindedness and adaptability as a business where you're really getting that feedback from those who are in it day in and day out, maybe seeing something that you're not, that they can bring back and contribute and you can really assess and go, is this something we can do as a team? How can we you know, bring that to, to market or adapt the business accordingly? So it's nice to see that you've created that uh, structure and environment within the team. And that all stems, I think, to your point with creating an outlet for those positive relationships where the team feels comfortable to have those discussions as well, which is nice. For sure. Now, since founding the company, what's been one of your favorite moments so far? I think my favorite moment um, would be crossing the $1 million annual recurring revenue. That is a really big milestone, especially knowing that really only 4% of SaaS companies ever really cross it. Um, and the funny thing is when we actually did reach it, we didn't celebrate it like we probably should have. 
Because like any business owner can probably attest to is uh, you sometimes just get so busy, you forget to, to stop and just celebrate those milestones that you achieve, right? But yes, I would say that's, that's my favorite moment. <laughs> that uh, leads really well into my next question. Entrepreneurship is always busy. Being a parent is always busy. So when you're not working, what do you love to do? Um, I like food. <laughs> I'm a foodie, so I definitely like to Amazing. enjoy life. Uh, but I also like to like I also like to volunteer. Um, you know, being involved with my boys' soccer, being their team managers. Um, I like to know that I can fulfill the next. You know, being able to provide an experience to the next generation of soccer players and making sure I'm making an impact that way to our community. Um, and also, I like doing things that help promote my mental and physical well-being. I think as any entrepreneur again can attest to, I think that's severely, severely important um, because or else you just have just burned out and have a mental breakdown. So I think I like to do things that, like yoga, meditation, going for runs um, are things that I definitely enjoy. That's fantastic. A lot of uh, items there that really help with mindfulness, keeping you in the present, making sure that you you know are really able to re-energize and get back at it for the week ahead. So it sounds like that's a, a great strategy. Now, raising capital through traditional channels can often be difficult for most entrepreneurs. We've been talking a lot this month for our International Women's Day initiative, just that you know only 2.3% of venture capital financing typically goes towards female entrepreneurs. So you've raised from FrontFunder in the past. This isn't your first campaign with FrontFunder. So what's been your experience raising capital and why did you decide to choose equity crowdfunding as a method of that? Yeah, so... Um, our experience with fundraising to date is it's been challenging. It's not easy. It is not easy. Um, a lot of the time people read an article and say, so-and-so have raised, you know, however much million in this round. Um, but I think some people, there's a lot of hard work and many hours that got put into that to get to that. I think you just kind of forget that that happens. So it's, it has been very challenging um, it's usually a full-time job just because as a business owner, you're already handling the day-to-day -day stuff and managing everything. And then on top of that, to raise money. Um, and I think the other thing is a, it's a, it's a tough balancing act when it comes to your company valuation. Obviously, it is always easier to grow a company when you're going to raise $500 million versus raising $500,000. But I think having to be very strategic with your raise is important and um, that balancing act has to be strategic, sorry, uh, just because you don't want to be diluting any of your existing shareholders um, to, to that point. And I think once you have shareholders and stuff like that, that's where you have to be very strategic and mindful of like what's in the best interest of the company and what's in the best interest of the shareholders. So we decided to go with equity crowdfunding. We've had a lot of success actually while well, first time with you guys on FundFunder and we really love the experience. And really for us, the decision was we just allowing our homeowners who use us and love our platform, the ability to invest in our growth, okay? And our vision. And then also allowing the contractors who have been with us and has grown their business alongside with us since, you know, and it's great to see some of them doing that and an opportunity to have a piece of the upside of our growing company as well. There's a, a couple of points that I really liked with what you mentioned there. The, the first being, um, 
how the the news typically celebrates raises once they're done. Like you hear all the time, this company just closed a $5 million round, a $20 million round, but rounds when they're beginning don't get that same level of coverage. And you don't often hear about the struggle or the time that it takes raising capital. It's really only that end success point that uh, is talked about. And it is a really difficult journey for so many companies. And it's definitely something that, uh, you know, I think is important for founders to know and be aware of just how much work is involved. And to your point, when you're running a business and trying to raise capital, it's a, a lot to manage at the same time. And yeah, I really like how you highlighted as well the importance of bringing the investment opportunity to your contractors and how equity crowdfunding is certainly able to give your community the opportunity to now join in as co-owners and uh, share in renovation, find success into the future as well. For sure. I think equity crowdfunding is a great idea. It allows everybody to be their own dragon, if you will, right? Dragon Absolutely. Stand, right? Or their own shark. Um, I think it's it's a great opportunity that allows them to do that without, you know, having to invest millions, they can invest just a bit. And sometimes it's about supporting your local community, your local founders, right? I think it's very important. Um, it's very important to our, our ecosystem um, with that. So I'm a fan of the equity crowdfunding platform. Absolutely. It's those those values that initially got me involved as well. I know before starting to, to work at FrontFunder, I actually began with FrontFunder as an investor. And it was that exact opportunity. It was like, how cool is that, that I can be my own dragon like those on TV and invest in these exciting startups? But even more so than that, it's really just about you know promoting these amazing businesses in the community that are trying to make such a, a positive change in their respective industries and sectors. And you can be part of their story by you know investing in them at an exactly. early stage. So, so a great opportunity there. And I know you mentioned this is the, the second round on FrontFunder. Um, you guys did uh, you know, a big raise with us last time. So what have been some of the, the milestones that you've achieved as a business since your first raise? Um, I would have to say it's the launch of our new services and the launch of our software. We didn't have our software before at that time. Um, and then our new services, so both the launch of our software and services, um, has been kind of, if you will, it came to be because of the feedback that we've had from our customers of what's worked, what didn't work, and what they want more of. Um, that's been a really big milestone, and I'm very, very proud that that we've done that because we basically we listened to our contractors and we took action to meet those needs and feedback that they had provided to us. Amazing. That comes back to that openness and adaptability that you talked about earlier with, you know, how you're leading the organization there. And it sounds like you really put that into practice and were able to, you know, develop these new service offerings for it, which to your point earlier about the business model seems like it's it's able to help the, the company in so many ways, really growing the amount of revenue per customer as well. For sure. Now you're currently raising 250,000 as an initial target of a larger $5 million round. So how do you plan to use the funds to grow the business? And what's the ultimate vision for Renovation Fund? Yeah, I think our plan is really um, just on a high level. It's making sure that we continue to enhance our software. So we have money we're allocating to software development, not just with our existing software, but introduction of new software and apps. Um, you know, and and I think it's about expanding our leadership team um, in order to be able to effectively grow. And I think to sustain that growth as we continue, uh, we would need leadership, you know, in place. And again, it's about growing the team. Like I said earlier, um, when it comes to scaling, it's not just, 
you know, there's a sec, the other part of scaling is scaling customers and you need to build a team to be able to successfully um, grow, right? And manage that growth. So that's kind of where our, our plans for funds will be used for that. Um, Fantastic. The, the ultimate vision for us really is for homeowners, we want to be the trusted platform that they can go to to find contractors they need for anything for their home, from, min from minor home maintenance to kind of a major home renovation, right? On the flip side for our contractors, we really want to be the platform for our certified contractors to really build their business. So that's our ultimate vision. That's fantastic. Now, ahead of the episode, we surveyed some investors in our community and had some questions come through. So I'd love to, to run through a, some of those right now. One is, um, does Renovation 5 have any sort of badges that physically certify that they are a licensed professional for the, the contractors? And I think I've seen some Renovation Find stickers before. So um, what's the, the process for that? Yeah, so they have to pass out they have to pass those certification criteria, okay? Um, at minimum, they need to pass three of our criteria, which is making sure that they are, um, with their credit checks, they pass, their legal checks, legal background checks, they pass, um, as well as making sure that based on our research, they're, they don't have a lot of customer complaints um, in relation to companies that are within their segment, okay? Um, it's always relative right? Because it's always going to be a perfect world. Um, and then once they are certified, then they get rated. So they either get an A minus, an A, or an A plus, depending on how many of the criteria that they have uh, satisfied. Um, and then they will actually be then Renovation 5 certified. In order to continue to say they are a Renovation 5 certified company, they also need to make sure they're maintaining those criteria as well. Great. I think, uh, yeah, with some platforms, it's simple to say, hey, you get certified once, this lasts for X amount of years, and you may not be keeping up with it. But to know that it's a continued process, and you're consistently, you know, evaluating these contractors so that the uh, certification is always up to date. Um, that's, that's, I'm sure builds a lot of trans trust and transparency with homeowners as well. Yeah, I think, you know, I like to, you know, a good example we had was, um, we had a furnace company here, who we're good, but based on our real-time data of their legal of their legal and their credit, we were able to see that they were there were a lot of suits that were being filed against them. And then when we took a look at like the credit side, they were starting to have issues with managing their commitments. Um, so right away we're like, there is an issue here. Um, so we actually removed them because they actually ended up going into bankruptcy protection. Um, and then, but the funny thing was, if you actually go to, uh, you know, their online profiles that they have on other sites that are online reviews, they had amazing reviews, mm -hmm. right? So really it becomes how many, it looks like they're still a great company, but you know, you need to have how many reviews before you start, people start knowing, oh, okay, like this company is not good. They're pretty much going to go into bankrupt so I probably shouldn't be putting that deposit with this guy right like with this company yeah. so you know I it was it was a really great success story for us because it really proved the the certification criteria that we have in place and our constant monitoring really works 
really appreciate you sharing that example. I think that's such a great illustration of your value proposition and, and what you really bring to the table and giving that confidence to homeowners that, you know, they're making the right decision when they're, when they're pursuing one of these projects. So that's fantastic. Um, one of the other questions that we had come through is just, can you discuss any plans to expand into new markets and regions beyond your current service areas? Yeah, we our new package, I guess I would say our new packages and software now um, has allowed us to way more easier um, to be able to enter into new markets in Canada, not just Canada, but you know, also in the US if you want to. Um, but obviously it's Canada first, that's kind of what our strategy is. Um, is our new packages and services have been will allow us to actually do that way easier than than before with less uh, I think less money commitment than what we've initially projected before we had our launch on new services and software, which is a good thing. <laughs> Fantastic. The the next question, I, you've touched a lot on how you've really enhanced the service offering since your first campaign. So this next question is forward looking. Um, are there any plans to launch new features or services on your platform to enhance the customer experience for contractors or homeowners? Yes, we do have plans, um, and part of those and part of those plans come with. That's why we're raising money to help bring those to life. But yes, we're always are working on enhancing our current software. Now that we have a software, it's very important to make sure we we are always enhancing that um, and making sure that the user experience is there. Um, but yes, we do have plans to launch new software um, for both the contractors and the homeowners. Well, thank you for answering all those questions from investors. Um, wrapping things up with a few final questions for today. I always like to, to ask all of our guests as such experienced leaders um, in the industry and as a, as a founder, for any founders and future entrepreneurs listening today, what's one piece of advice you'd like to share with them? Just one. Oh. <laughs> There's lots, I would say, especially because I'm somebody that entrepreneur was never part of the path that, you know, I... I, you know, it was never something I, I said I would do, um, but I just fell into it. So one advice that would be. Hmm. It can be more than one too, if you've got, you know, well, lots of great. I'll try to be simple because <laughs> I'm sure they're probably getting a lot of advice from other great entrepreneurs from this podcast that you guys are doing. So um, I think I'll keep it simple is it will, it will always take more time, more money and more work than I think you initially plan. In order to grow, it will always be more than that. You would always, you have this plan in school, you would, you know, you're, you're taught to have a business plan, have this financial plan, did we meet it, did we not? It's, it's not as static as that, and it's way more fluid than that. And I would say, you know, you gotta be realistic in a perfect world, if we can all meet those metrics in the timeline that we say we will, that's perfect. But I think most businesses, that's not the case. So just be prepared. It will always, it just takes more time, more effort, more money than you think. <laughs> Great advice. I think uh, a common theme that I'm hearing a lot lately is just how glamorized entrepreneurship typically is and how it's so important to reflect the realities of what the day-to-day -day is actually like and to your point it can take longer it can take more funds it uh, you know might not go as planned 
Um, so it's important to, to recognize just how much is involved in that journey and not get discouraged along the way as well. And I think, you know, really taking it from the premise that, uh, you know, the journey is, is often so much more important than the outcome. And then, you know, as you go through it, finding those ways where you can to try and celebrate success, but know that it's it's not always a, a straight upward path. It's not always linear. It's a lot of ups and downs and it takes a lot of grit to, to really, you know, get through it and to, you know, build that successful life that you want to see as an entrepreneur as well. It is definitely not linear. <laughs> but I think another piece of advice I would also offer, one thing I've learned through my years, more specifically because I'm more of a risk averse person and because I'm an accountant by nature, I'm very plan organized. I think one thing is you got to start seeing opportunities within the chaos that happens in your journey. Um, you know, and I think it's, it's a viewpoint, right? It's a point of view. You can't, it's hard not to let it, it's hard not for you to get down sometimes because you're going to get a lot of no's and you're going to, fail at times and not meet what you're supposed to. Um, but I think it's to, to basically see the opportunities within those uh, would help, right? There's it's a lot of chaos, but just learn to see the opportunities in it. I love that advice. Appreciate the great wisdom there, Vivian. Now, <laughs> <I try. laughs> as a, a final kind of question about uh, investors, we, we always say that equity crowdfunding investors can support businesses in so much more ways than just capital by really becoming brand champions and advocates. So for, for any investors, um, how can they help the, the business succeed? In general or... Yeah, in general, you know, uh, referring renovation fine to friends in their network or engaging on social, how can uh, investors and brand ambassadors really help champion the renovation fine brand? Yeah, I think uh, definitely just referring, right? And we all know pop the, the power with the word of mouth, right? So I think just referring, um, you know, people to use. Um, if you're finding positive experiences, it'd be great if you can share it either on social media or, you know, on our, you know, online profile would be great. Um, you know, and I think just even sometimes if you want to reach out to us and email us about the experience that you've had, great experience or not so good experience, we want to hear it. Cause like, you know, I said earlier, we're, we're really about having a two-way dialogue with all stakeholders, okay? Because um, without that, as a company, we just can't get better and we just can't improve, right? So whether it's all the good, I don't want to just hear the good. If you got something bad, we want to know, right? Because that's the only way we can get better. But I think, yeah, I think, you know, that's all I can think of. <laughs> No, that's a great, great philosophy as well. And I think for, for anyone who's interested and hasn't had a chance to use Renovation Find, if they are considering a renovation project in the future, definitely uh, check out the site and you know see if that might be a fit for your upcoming project as well. Um, last question for today, Vivian, just for those listening, um, how can they invest in Renovation Find? Uh, they can go onto the Front Funder platform. <laughs> Uh, they go on the Front Funder platform and they can uh, take a look, um, you know, after listening to this podcast, um, being able to look kind of more in details of our offering, what we do, um, you know, can invest on that platform there. And if you have any questions, they can always feel free to reach out to us. Absolutely. You have a, a great campaign video that really highlights uh, the technology, the platform. So definitely encourage everyone to check that out. $500 minimum investment as well. So very accessible for those looking to invest. 
And I uh, believe as well, it's registered account eligible. So if anyone is wanting to invest through RSP TFSA, they can do that as well. So with that in mind, if anyone has any questions, wants to learn more, wants to invest in renovation find, uh, you can learn more at www.fundfunder.com forward slash renovation find. And Vivian, thank you so much for being here today. Really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and uh, your journey so far with Renovation Find. Thank you very much. For anyone new to the podcast, FrontFunder is Canada's leading equity crowdfunding platform, enabling all Canadians to invest in the most exciting startups and growth stage companies, something that was previously only available to the 1%. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter so you can have your questions answered in an upcoming episode. This podcast episode is for informational purposes only and should not constitute financial advice. Investors should conduct their own due diligence on any investment they may be considering on FrontFunder. For details of any offering listed on FrontFunder, refer to the offering document on their campaign page at www.frontfunder.com.